Hello there ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Full Time Team Talk. We have one last round of Premier League action to go through before we head into another international break. Joining me as always is James Hobbs. How the devil are we James? Very good thank you Matt, I'm looking forward to discussing some football. Excellent, excellent, we'll, we'll crack right into it then. Uh, Chelsea versus Manchester City, it was the biggest test for Pep's men and they passed with flying colours. Despite the game only finishing 1-0... Manchester City looked fantastic and worthy victors throughout. Um, the win was made more impressive by the fact that they were missing both Sergio Aguero and Benjamin Mendy to big injuries, James. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the players uh, like that have a big impact, like Sergio Aguero, and you think to yourself that they may not basically have the power to get past Chelsea, and uh, obviously Mendy, being new to the team, is a, is a big move as well. But they, uh, they managed without them, they did very well. Yeah, I think it didn't help Chelsea that Morata went off with a hamstring injury after about 30 minutes. But before that, they were barely in it. Um, Kevin De Bruyne scored a fantastic goal in the game. And this is what I think your best players in the league do. They produce magic moments against the very top teams to win games. And people are already talking him up to be the player of the season, James. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite actually disappointed that I took him out of my uh, my dream team. Um earlier in the season I think it was after a week I decided well maybe he's not going to do as well as he he done in previous seasons but I'll tell you what he's been absolutely fantastic uh, in the games following that first weekend uh, he's doing really well and um, also very disappointed that Rat has uh, got a hamstring injury and uh, will probably miss a month or two uh, of the season which means I have to look for someone else to be in my dream team whilst he's away. Um, it was just a shame, really, because he was doing really well. But, yeah, Manchester City, um, dogged. They uh, they really battled well, and I think they took it took it to Chelsea quite well. And, to be fair, deserved their victory, I think. Um, Antonio Conte, who I believe actually said that maybe you deserve more out of the game. I think you're inclined to say that they didn't, Matt. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm very well done to Man City, but and a very tough test that they passed, and well done to them. And like I said, the the biggest test for them will be now Manchester United. Yeah, I think they're certainly showing their their title credentials. Obviously, this time last season, they were also in a very similar spot. But I think there there seems to be a little bit more about them this year. It looks as though maybe Pep Guardiola has actually learned a lot from last season. We'll say, and it looks like you know, even though he has spent you know quite a lot of money, it looks like they have kind of settled down into the league and they look like they're really controlling games like his Barcelona and Bayern Munich teams did. Um, I definitely saw that at the game I was at. Yeah, unfortunately, I would love to agree with Conte and say we, we deserve more out of it, but thinking back to it, I do think Chelsea uh, Chelsea were second best. But, you know, from from a Chelsea perspective, I do think, you know, there'll, there'll be other games where Manchester City will drop points and, you know, we've just got to keep plugging away, basically, see if we can just keep keep within sort of I guess t- touching distance of those two Manchester clubs and and see where we can uh, end up I suppose um, so I'll move over to your club now James which is Liverpool and they went away to a newly promoted Newcastle to face a familiar manager Rafa Benitez and the game finished one all and by all accounts it was another frustrating afternoon for Liverpool in front of goal how fair do you think that assessment is James uh, yeah another very frustrating uh, weekend for us. I believe Rafa Benitez set the Newcastle team up well. He very tactically uh, def- defensive, I think, was what most pundits said. And to be fair, when you've got Liverpool 
coming at you with their attacking powers, it's probably best to set up defensively and try and catch us on the counter-attack and try and get a goal that way. Um, did score um, a very, very good goal from, uh, from Philip Coutinho, but I believe the on the other end, uh, Newcastle scored. Again, dodgy defending. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a Hosselu who scored the goal. Um, it was, well, it was, it actually hit off, uh, the Matt tackled him and it's hit off Jocelyn's shin, uh, and managed to go in the goal. So he, he, he gave Matt every chance to get back and tackle him. Um, but once again, lots of chances, lots of, um, chance, but he tries to try and get a, a win here. Um, and Klopp is looking very, frustrated with the questions about um you know about trying to score goals and you know not taking our chances and of course he's going to be frustrated he's he's trusting these people to do a job for him and they're not doing it and Sturridge was given an opportunity to come into the team um and then and and score the goals that we need and unfortunately he's still stuck on 99 league goals so yeah very frustrating afternoon for all of Liverpool really and it was um, Coutinho who scored for the four, which suggests, you know, I think his head might be getting right back into the right place. Um, but now, last week we talked about the unlikely possibility that Klopp goes to take over Bayern Munich. Um, obviously now as they've lost Carlo Ancelotti. But what we didn't discuss is the possibility of a Rafa Benitez return to Liverpool. Now, as we know, he is a little bit frustrated with Mike Ashley. James, <laughs> would you take back Uncle Rafa if, if Klopp were to depart this season? Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if we were to look at anybody in, in, in an unlikely sense, if Klopp were to leave, um, I think obviously you've got to look at Carlo Ancelotti as well, um, in, in a new manager and whoever is available. But I think as a safe bet, and if they want the crowd on, you know, the fans on board, Rafa Benitez would not only be welcomed by, uh, by the fans, he'd be a safe choice as well because I think for one, he could actually sort out our tactical inept uh, defence at the back, and a lot of players would be happy for him for him to join. I mean, he probably wouldn't be able to keep hold of Coutinho at the end of the season. Klopp probably won't be as well, but I think the managers out there, I think, like you said, he's not happy with Newcastle. So I think if he was offered an escape, he says he'd love to come back to. Um, manage Liverpool before he re- retires from management so I think it'll be a win-win situation if as we say the unlikely situation what believes a lot of people do also forget that he before Newcastle he was manager of Real Madrid as well you know despite yeah. it not being a very long time but then again a lot of Real Madrid managers don't last a long time I mean there's talk of Zidane possibly leaving by the end of the season because they've had a little bit of a wobble at the start so you never know really also the uh, the aforementioned Chelsea and Napoli as well. So it's not not as though he's kind of just been doing nothing since since Liverpool. He's uh, he's been doing a, a fair good old job. I, I do I do quite rate Uncle Rafa quite highly. I know a lot of Chelsea fans don't from his time, but I thought he did a good job for us. Um, right, we'll have a small break before we go to some more games, and we're going to talk about our fantasy Premier League. And James, it looks like I've beaten you this week. I've put the teams down in the running order this week, so we can have a look at. Yeah. I did. I put. Uh, I think I got forty-seven points to my thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah, and just sort of having a look at the teams now. 
it looks like we both captained Lukaku. Um, obviously, that's I think mm. that seemed like the sensible <laughs> choice because he obviously they were playing against um, Crystal Palace at home. Yep. Uh, so you know it was frustrating that he only got twelve points. I thought he may maybe would have got some more. And it looks as though we both put we both got ten points each from a Watford player. I think I had Ricarlison. Yeah, you had Decore, I had Decore. Unlikely points from uh, from from Watford there. Yeah, and then and the, uh, the the defender from Huddersfield Zanka, who I was championing not only a, a week ago, um, they went and got beat four 0 by uh, by Tottenham. So unfortunately, he scored zero points for me. So it's a bit of a letdown this week from him. Unfortunately, it looks as though we both had Morata on our team as well with a yes. with a staggering one point, and we'll have to figure out. Um, our plans around him next week. I've got, I've got three injuries. I'm have to take out Pogba, and uh, I don't know what's going on with um, Jesse as well from Stoke. So I might have to ring in the changes, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. It looks like we'll have to uh, look into that. But yeah, so another week gone. So 47 against 34. I'll take that this week because I think I've lost twice on well done, twice on the bounce, haven't I? Now you have. Then. So stop the hat trick. I don't think any of us have won three in a row yet. <laughs> so. Uh, We'll have to see who gets our first hat trick of the of the season, and um, also congratulations to Holmer Green Coat Colts Coats Colts, who Where your coat? It's cold <laughs> who finished with the highest points this week on seventy five. Uh, congratulations to Simon Rutt, who manages that and team. Tremendous stuff. Um, okay, so we're going to go to Everton now, where Burnley played them and managed to come away with a one nil win, and this has seen them move up to sixth place. Um, Hendricks finished a lovely team move to put Burnley ahead in the game, which Everton started a bit brighter probably. Um, James, I think every year we put Burnley down to finish off in the relegation zone, but they continue to show us why they and Sean Dye should not be written off. Yeah, um, hell of a start to the season for Burnley. They've obviously uh, taken a couple of uh, decent points I mean, they, uh, against uh, Chelsea and, and Liverpool this season. They really frustrated us, and um, again, this is another another really good win against what would be considered um, a, one of the top teams in the English Premier League. And, um, it normally would finish well seventh, really, um, but of course, with Everton and in, in, in their problems of this season, they're ripe for the picking. And well done for Burnley to 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 basically go to Everton and uh, get the victory. They had an awful away record last season. I think they only won maybe a handful of games away, and already they've you know they've beaten Chelsea and Everton away, which is you know fantastic for them if they can continue their home form the way they have been doing the last couple of years. You can imagine that they'll uh, they should be quite safe this year. Um, you know Ronald Ronald Koeman though on on Everton's side, he's under increasing pressure at Everton because of his very slow start to the season, and also because of the vast amount of money I think Everton has spent. Do you think his days are numbered, James? I'm actually surprised that he's still there. If Frank de Boer at Crystal Palace gets sacked after a few weeks and a few games into the season, when he hasn't spent hardly anywhere near as enough as as Ronald Koeman has done it as Everton manager, um, I think he's skating on thin ice at the moment. Um, The players that he brought in... The, you know the, the expectations from the fans from 
all of us basically, uh, not just Everton fans, but basically fans of football, all expected him to do very well and challenge to be in that for this season. Unfortunately, they sold off Lukaku, their main goal source. They didn't replace him, um, unless you count Rooney. I don't really count any of the other strikers that they brought in, but of course they put Rooney in the midfield. And unfortunately for them, it's, it's just not working out. None of the players seem to be gelling on that team. And another, what can be considered as, as an embarrassing uh, loss, really, at, at home, at, where at Goodison Park, Everton are usually quite sound. So I don't think it'll be... I mean, if he doesn't win in the return game when we come back from the international break, I actually do think he'll be given his marching orders. Or, we never, you never know, he could actually be given his marching orders um within the international break, uh, which will allow Everton to seek a replacement. And who knows, maybe they'll go after Ancelotti. And knowing our luck, that um, will happen just after we've put the podcast up. Um, <laughs> so that'll be, that'll be sod's law. It's happened a couple of times to us now. Um, let's see how that does go. Um, and our last destination is Huddersfield, where Tottenham won the game away from home 4-0. James, I bet they wish all of their games were away from home the way they've you know they've just been absolutely terrifying away from Wembley this year yeah Tottenham's form this year um at home pretty damn awful to be honest and and Wembley curse is well and truly continuing uh but away form absolutely absolutely fantastic um and I've got to be honest um I think they're probably not really happy that the international break has come right now because they seem to be on a a hell of a role with the amount of goals they're scoring, and it's really all thanks to one man, and uh, that man is Harry Kane. Yeah, and ahead of the international break, Harry Kane has been on fire. Everything he touches is literally turning into goals. Now, this could be—you might be saying to me now in this next part, Matt, you need to sit down. You need to. This is way too much. But I, I was thinking about it, and I <laughs> thought, you know, do you think he? He is or is very fast becoming the best striker in the world. I mean, does he have to score 30 to 40 goals in the Premier League before we start to put him in the same bracket as Messi and Ronaldo? Well, you've got to think to yourself that Kane is still a very young lad in in footballing terms. Um, Obviously, Ronaldo and Messi are now in in their 30s. Uh, So, Kane keep going the way he is, he will eventually, I reckon, be in the same sort of bracket. The only reason I think he isn't quite thought of that way yet could be because of you know his nationality. Um, English players are very hardly thought of in that sort of high regard, or any, they're not really sought after for the Ballon d'Or, or any sort of top, top prizes in that sort of sense. So it could be hampering him that the national team... You know, it's called boring. It's called, um, you know, dull, and they won't never do really well at competitions. And maybe that's why they aren't taken as serious, and that's why English players aren't played as seriously. But in terms of goal scoring ability, um, in and around goal, and in terms of his raw talent, I haven't actually, I think, seen um, an out and out striker like him uh, since the days, the early days. Um, of Alan Shearer uh, at Newcastle, I think he's he's one of those strikers that's just brilliant. Um, he's just a goal a goal scorer, and that is main. You know that's that's what you want from a striker. And my God, you know, basically we we come over at Liverpool because we could damn sure need it. Um, and I definitely think that at one stage, 
at one stage he will be considered one of the top players in the world and will basically be in this, mentioned in the same bracket as the likes of Messi and Ronaldo. And there yeah, we, there we have it. That's uh, you've heard it here first on full time team talk. Um, before we go, James, um, would you like to tell us the the other scores in the Premier League? Yes, of course. Uh, there are basically, I believe, six other games that were played in the Premier League over the weekend. Uh, we had West Brom versus Watford. That finished 2-2. Uh, Stoke City beat Southampton 2-1. Uh, Bournemouth versus Leicester ended up a 0-0 draw, which is a shame because they had them in a both to score better over the weekend. Thanks very much for uh-huh. that, guys. Uh, West Ham beat Swansea 1-0. And we also had uh, Arsenal beating Brighton 2-0. And that is all the results from the weekend. And you can find us basically on Full Time Team Talk uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can also find us at Twitter at, um, at Team Talk Podcast. And you can use via SoundCloud, iTunes and Acast. Well, thanks very much, James, for letting us know that we've got the international break next. And are you? I'm. I can't say I'm too excited about that. How How do you feel? Are you Are you looking forward to it? Are you kind of? I've got. Going to watch I've, any I've, games got or? I've got. I've got a uh, trifecta bet going, um, where I've chosen fourteen games over three days, um, better than all to win, and. I only bet like eight quid, like fifty six quid back because I bet on all the sort of dead cert favourites, and hopefully that comes through. I know one's going to let me down. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't want to bet on Northern Ireland and Germany because I was like Germany should win, but Northern Ireland have been doing so well, so I can't really do that. But yeah, the the England games, I can't see them not qualifying at, at top, and it's just a bit, eh. You know, I never really get excited for games during qualifying. It's, it's always wait until they get to the competition. That's where things liven up for me. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm basically we're recording on the day that England are going to play, um, and I was asked if I wanted to go and watch it at the pub, and I was just like, I'm sorry, mate, I can't get excited for England qualifiers at all. World Cup, sure, I'll come out and watch the World Cup. England qualifiers, no, there's just no passion in the way they play it's kind of just like yep yeah, let's go out and do a job and get a result and it's i digest i, I it's watching it it's if if i can just quickly say it's also the teams they face because you know you don't want to go watch england versus slovenia and people like that once it comes to world cups facing people that don't usually see them play you know the likes of argentina or uh, Nigeria or, or maybe even New Zealand or something like that it becomes a little bit of bit of fun because there is that slight possibility that you know the underdog which technically should be uh, New Zealand in that case um, could win and it's, it makes it all the more exciting to see that rather than Liechtenstein and Moldova who are just dull yeah well we'll see how England get on in the international break I do believe this is going to be the last international break of this season um there may actually be a small one before christmas i think because we're gonna have to do some um what are they called the playoffs obviously for the for the world cup as well i think those will need to happen at some point as well so i think there will be another short break just before christmas possibly um bnf now that's the last international break so we will see you 
Um, let me think. I'm just on the week of the 16th. Is that correct? Bluestone. Uh, it's a big game basically coming up that weekend. It's Manchester United versus Liverpool. So uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> that will be probably first on the running order for us, no matter how that goes. We shall see. All right, everyone, thanks again for joining us, and we will see you after the international break.